0: all right everyone welcome to the rstv podcast for episode three we hope that you are having a great day we hope that you're staying corona free and that you're looking forward to summer which is right around the corner because it's finally not cold outside anymore Michael Money's up in the house with me right now. How are you doing, Michael? Doing well. Awesome, awesome. Amos would be here managing the production and manning the station, but he's holding the fort down at KJ's right now. He looked so cute earlier. We went and had to get this (laughs) Zoom audio recording equipment for this podcast out of his car. He came out of there in his KJ shirt with his little mask around his neck. So sweet. Um, Michael, have you worn a mask anywhere yet? To work. To work? Oh, obviously obviously that, um, but anywhere socially.
1: I wore one to Chili's. I actually didn't wear it. I had it in my pocket, but we ah. put it on to take a picture. And they were like, "Let's take a picture." So we were like, "Oh, ah. I bet." So. so you
0: you entered the fake world of Instagram to act like you were wearing a mask, but you never even wore it.
1: Yeah, you didn't even wear it in
0: like you're no. supposed to. They didn't. They didn't say anything. Well, about I,
1: it. see, I I was like, "Am I? Do I really have to? What? Do I really have to do this?" And I was like, "I'm not gonna put it on unless they <laughs> tell me to." <laughs> yep. So I stuck it in my pocket. We walked in there. They said, "How many?" So four, and we walked in and we sat down. I was like, <laughs> I guess I don't
0: have to wear it then. They never said anything. Never about it. said anything. Well, we went to Olive Garden. It was our anniversary on May 11th. Uh, shout out to Evelyn. Me and her have been married seven years. I can't believe it. And um, we uh, we went in and we wore our masks in, mm-hmm. and then we sat down took them off immediately. And we were expecting them to say something because our food wasn't there. It didn't say anything. But then I started watching while you we were eating the meal and literally nobody was walking in with a mask. Yeah. I think people have collectively just been like, I ain't doing that. Mm. And if you want business, you don't turn people away. Right. So it's like, how can you regulate that? So because the whole idea was so weird. The governor was like, wear a mask on to enter the building and then be seated. And then whenever you've made your order, you may take the mask off. When he said that, I was like, dude. All right. Our, our governor done a great job, but that was the first moment I was like, bro, for real. Like, come on. Have you seen the video, like that viral TikTok video of that girl doing the fake news conference that was like, here's the deal. I'm here to clear up any misunderstanding. Oh, yes.
1: Oh, man. I saw that. That was so funny. Did she not nail it? <laughs> oh, it's it? Oh, man.
0: She was like, Dude, first off, do not go outside for any reason, unless, of course, you have a reason, and then you may go outside. Wear your face mask at all times except to breathe and to talk and to eat and other things that require not having a face mask, in which case you may feel free to take the face mask off. And when he made the announcement, I was like, that's exactly what that video yeah. was like. Anyhow, it was funny. I'll share this really quick story. It was so funny. So Pastor Keith and I haven't eaten lunch together in like 10 weeks. You know, it's you know normally we go out to eat like once a week, me right. and Pastor Carl, the staff, after a meeting or something. And uh, the other day we were at the building getting stuff ready for services and stuff. But we, uh, we, he said, let's go get something to eat. Our restaurant's open. I was like, yeah. So we went to Colton's. And he's like, what? If we, I don't have a mask. What if they don't let me in? I'm like, man, they're going to let you in. So we walk up to the door. And real bold on the sign on the door, it's like, do not enter if you don't have a mask. And I was like, oh, man, we're not going to be able to eat here. And I looked through. And there's a woman wearing a mask right through there waving. Uh-huh. us, like, no, come on in. Come on in. And we're like, OK. So we open up the door. And they've got masks right there. But what's funny is when you're driving in the parking lot, he's like, "I'm not doing this mask," and he is not a rebellious person, like not at all. But that he's like, "That's one thing I don't think I can do. I didn't. I'm not gonna wear a mask. I do not think I can do that." So like within two seconds of the, "Oh, we can't have a mask," and the girl waving us in, she just pulls two masks out and hands them to us. And we're like, "Oh, thank you!" And he just puts a mask on, and I'm looking <laughs> at him over the brim of my mask, laughing like. Like you talk yeah. a big game, you just stuck that mask right on your face, and it was so weird because they're like, "Do you want peanuts?" I'm like, "Of course!" So they give us a box of dis- like a disposable box full of peanuts. They take us to the table and they sit down, and so they give you peanuts as soon as you get there. So mm-hmm. we literally within n- no joke within about 35 seconds, put a mask on, walk to a table, sit down, take the mask yeah. right off, and over. didn't wear it again the whole time. And you're like, "What?" I, I don't know, man.
1: Yeah, it's crazy.
0: Hopefully, I- phase one will be done soon. Yeah.
1: I- I didn't even wear my mask today at work, like, at all. Even even walking out, normally I slide it up, but I was just, I kind of forgot sometimes, but the other times I was just like, I just don't want to. I was like, there's half the people have them, like, yeah. right here anyways, and they're breathing through yeah. their nose. And I'm like, what's the point?
0: Yeah, again, if you uh, work or employ people at Walmart Distribution Center, uh, Sorry. <laughs> This podcast isn't for you. Stop listening two minutes ago. Uh, anyhow, no, um, no, I'm ready for the phase one thing to be mm-hmm. done. But anyhow, uh, hey, listen up. Before we dive into the content today, I uh, hope you're doing great. hope you're staying healthy and all that good stuff. A um, couple of announcements.
1: Number one, this Sunday, Michael, tell them what's happening this Sunday. This Sunday, we are back on the 17th. We got, Woo! Two, sir- <laughs> yeah, we got two services happening, uh, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., um, if you can go in and pre-register, get your, yeah, pre-register. get your, get your spot in there so that we, we can have a, an idea of how many people are going to be there. Obviously, um, if you show up, mm. we're going to let you in. Yep. So, uh, y'all come on out. It's going to be great.
0: Yeah, yeah. Services are back on this Sunday and we added a second one, 9 and 11 AM. Usually we have 10, just the right. 10 o'clock, but it's, it's packed. And so we just, we have to figure out some way to honor the guidances, but, um, but it's going to be super simple this way. So we've spaced the rows out six feet apart and still got almost as many chairs as we did. So now it's like sit anywhere, just try to keep a seat or two in between people and, That kind of stuff. But, hey, guys, listen, youth, young adults, bring it to the house Sunday morning. We want the energy. We want you guys there, the young people, to come in full force as we reopen the service. And invite your friends. I mean, there's a lot of people not having church right now. We're really blessed with a sanctuary size and set up where we're able to do it. Um, So get to church Sunday morning, 9 and 11, and invite some friends. Uh, Share the video on Facebook. Go to theriversercy.com, like Michael was saying. Click reserve your spot and let us know when you're coming and uh, that kind of thing. So that's exciting. Um, We don't have youth and young adult activities yet. Just like we don't have children's and preschool activities yet, but uh, drum roll, please, <laughs> or right on my Bible page. Uh, first, actually, June the 1st, I believe, Monday, yeah. June the 1st, we are back. River Students is back. We are going to have a, a big. Uh, reunion, and we'll give you some more details in the next week or two on that. But Mark, Monday, June the 1st on your calendars because we're bringing everything youth and young adults and prayer and groups and uh, all that stuff back. So I'm absolutely pumped to see everybody again. Absolutely Dude, stoked. last night at a life group leaders meeting during Pastor Keith's whiteboard Bible study. And I went out and I started hugging all the old people because we have a lot of old life group leaders. And I kid you not, I've not been in a big social environment now in like nine weeks. I've been yeah. seeing you guys, but like everybody together. And every time I hugged somebody, I like felt I'm a feeler, but like I felt it's like I felt energy coming to me, yeah, like breath in my lungs, and it just kept spreading and like bubbling till the point where I was just like I miss everyone. <laughs> oh, so I'm so pumped. Anyhow, uh, service this Sunday. It's gonna be great. Sunday, May the seventeenth. Yep. All right, hey, listen, we've been doing a series of podcasts on the life of Abraham. I said that. We did it last week. We talked about the life of Abraham, and we talked about uh, perspective because he got looking around at his circumstances. God had promised him a child. He'd be the father of many nations. His wife couldn't get pregnant. They're really old, really sterile, all that stuff. God takes him out of his tent and says, look up at the stars. If you can count them, so will your descendants be. And we talked about the power of perspective, how when God's made you a promise, that when you're not seeing the promise and you grow faint-hearted and discouraged, the Bible says in Proverbs, hope deferred makes the heart sick. so whenever you're not seeing that promise come to pass, it's tempting to be like, God, where are you at? Is this ever even really going to happen? But the problem isn't with God's promise. It's with our perspective. And a lot of times our faulty perspective is clouding God's perfect promise. And so we don't need to look around at our circumstances. We don't need to look down at our phones and our social media feeds Mm -hmm. and the news and down on ourselves and discouragement. We need to look up to see heavenly vision. And I don't, I'm a, all right, scale of one to 10, Michael, how big of a Star Wars fan are you? Negative five, <laughs> one, three. I mean, yeah, we'll say three. It's like worth watching, but like yeah. you don't get, all right. I don't, I don't well, geek out. Here's, here's Would you here's, so would you classify me as like somebody who geeks out about it?
1: Yeah, probably so. <laughs> See, my, my thing is like I've just gotten too far behind, and mm-hmm. I don't care enough to so, catch up. To catch up. So to it's, catch up. it's just like I don't even know where to start right now, yeah. so I'm just not even going to try. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. Now, when you say I geek out, let me give you a definition
0: of like, where ten is on the registration or the register. When I was in high school, Riverview High School, circa 2008, I was a senior. I uh, was sorry, sophomore. And there's a guy in band with me named Chris, uh, and his last name was Steiner. And it just I don't know. We just called him Steiner, like the Steinmaster. He was the Steiner. Anyhow, Chris, um, Chris was a senior in high school, and uh, his Facebook profile picture, I kid you not, was him with a lightsaber. <laughs> And he was so proud of it. It wasn't a joke or anything. The lights were off, and, like, he had one of those $100 lightsabers that yeah. was, like, as realistic as you could get mm-hmm. one. And, like, he had it glowing against his face with a serious look, and he thought it looked so <laughs> sick. Like, at first I thought, ha-ha, that's a joke. But then he's like, sick, right? I'm like, oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, no. No, this is not sick, Chris. Anyhow, so if that's a 10, where would you place me on the scale? Okay, um...
1: Solid seven, dude, a seven.
0: Come on, no, an eight. No, dude, you I think, I do not have one Star Wars figurine. I don't okay. own the trilogy.
1: Okay, you, you're right, but like when you start talking about it, I would think that you did. From a, well, <laughs> <laughs> just because there's so much spiritual revelation in it, That's it's true. a spiritual thing. It's not okay. like a okay in the sense of <laughs> not, in the sense in the sense of not having any like. Mo- little yeah. Anakin Skywalkers, I'll say five.
0: Hey, you, okay, that, 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 that's good. I'll take a five. I, I think you're being a little nice to me, but maybe <laughs> you really do think a seven. Everybody on here, you should vote. DM us on Instagram. Get on at riverstudents.tv and vote how much of a geek you think I am. You wonder the funny thing? Yeah, I watched Star Wars as a kid, but like, it was whenever they started making the newest trilogy that me and Evelyn sat down and we watched the whole thing to before the seventh one came out, The Force Awakens. And I was like, Oh my gosh, there's so much revelation in yeah. this. And that's whenever I got like into it. So it's only been a few years, but anyhow. Well, all that to say, um uh in Star Wars, no no no. If you're familiar, the first ones came out in the 70s, but they weren't the first chronologically. Right. They were they were the fourth, fifth, and sixth episode. And then in the early 2000s, they made the prequels, which were terrible, uh, except for the third one, Revenge of the Sith, was sick. Uh, but the first through the third came in the early 2000s. And then, you know, you fast forward the clocks 15 years, 16, 17 years, and they made these last three. And yeah. they completed the Skywalker nine-part trilogy. It was cool because George Lucas said in the 70s, whenever the first three came out, he said there's going to be nine of these. But the thing that threw everybody for a loop was like, you find out Darth Vader is uh, spoiler alert. Darth Vader is Luke's father. Uh, <laughs> like everybody knew that. Um, and you're like, what? But then in the 2000s, it comes back, and you see Anakin become Darth Vader. Right. And it's like, whoa. So they kind of did this thing where they did four, fifth, and sixth, and then you do a like review, first, second, third, and then you go to the seventh, eighth, and ninth on the end. All right. Why am I saying all that? Because that's basically what we're doing in the life of Abraham. So last week, we talked about the promise that God made him, and we talked about him growing, um, frustrating that promise, right? Yeah, I know. That's a two yeah. or three minute buildup for that. <laughs> all right. I'm at a seven, whatever. Like, it is what it is. <laughs> It's clear to everybody now. Y'all, y'all, just whatever. You just laugh. Take a moment, pause the podcast, and laugh because we're about to get really spiritual. Anyhow, um, but anyhow, so we're going to go all the way to back uh, to, to, to when Abraham gets his promise. Um, I think it's in like Genesis 12, God tells Abraham, he says, hey, get up, go to the country that I'm going to show you. And he gets up and he goes. And uh, there's a lot that happens in the midst of all that. Um, he leaves his father's house at his family's house and everything he's ever known and we talked last week about how that's like you whenever God calls you to follow him. First off to follow him on the journey of faith, to give your life to Jesus, to turn from your sin and all your idols because Abraham left the land of idols and you got to leave the land of sin. You got to leave the land of former thinking and stuff when you're going to follow Jesus and be a believer and th- there's risk involved. There's like what will my friends think about me? Yeah. What will my girlfriend think about me? I know people that have broken up with their fiancés because they gave their life to Jesus and they wow. knew if I give my life to Jesus, my fiance won't marry me. And for them it meant laying down marriage on the altar of following Christ or marriage to be. Obviously if you're married, like you in it, you know, for life. But I mean, that's like hot that's that's big, man. The mm-hmm. night I said yes to Jesus, like I knew I'm like, this is it. Like my yeah. life just changed. My friends wanted me to go out and drink with them I could not I d I couldn't I wasn't doing that anymore. Right. Like people girls wanted me to make out like I could what not sorry, that's not me anymore. Like my music, my movies, everything changed because God, because when you've had an encounter with God, Your life changes. I think of like um, Saul, the apostle, who later became Paul. You know, he was killing Christians. Mm -hmm. He's on the road to Damascus to go kill some Christians because he hates the faith and he hates Jesus. And he encounters the resurrected Jesus, and all of a sudden his life changes. Becomes the apostle Paul, and he he stands up for the person he used to kill people over. Like, that's how big the change was. And when, when God calls to you and you give life to Christ, it's literally like following him on a spiritual journey from the former land into the promised land. So the whole story of the Bible is that God calls Abraham, says the father of many nations. You're going to have a son, even though you can't have kids. I'm going to do it. You're going to have a son. Your son's going to have sons and sons and sons and sons. And you're going to uh, go to this land I show you that I will show you. So go by faith and then I'll show you where to stop. And you're going to have that land, you're going to become the people, and you're going to represent me to the entire nation of the earth. And, of course, that people becomes Israel. Israel ends up being the place where uh, God reigns over them and gives them the prophets and then the kings. And uh, then he prophesies about the coming of his son Jesus to save him from his sins. And Jesus comes and he saves them from the sins. And then he grafts the people, which are the church, right, that aren't Jews by blood into the people of God, yeah. and that's where we're at today. And um, so that's the story. So Abraham goes, and the land, of course, ends up being a place called Canaan. So he goes to Canaan. God tells him to settle down there, right? And um, the interesting thing is, um, it, uh, this this verse hit me when I was reading this, because he goes, he goes to Canaan, he settles there. It says that the Canaanites were in the land. There's a whole message in that about you got to kick the Canaanites out of your land, like that's your sin, that's your idolatry, and all that stuff. But when he got there and i want to read this in genesis 12 it says verse 7 then the lord appeared to abram and said to your descendants i will give this land and there he built an altar to the lord who had appeared to him and an altar is a place of sacrifice Right? In the Old Testament, you would take a sacrifice and you would burn it and that smoke would arise. And and, and the blood of the sacrifice and the smoke and all that was an offering to the Lord. Yeah. And it was a place that you consecrated to remember because an altar, you could walk past the smoldering ashes of an altar and remember when God moved. Right. All throughout the Bible, when God moved, they built an altar. Um, I remember when I went to 220I, my Bible college, we did this boot camp for three days and it was absolute torture. It was horrible. But we had spiritual encounters in the midst of it that just God changed things about my life forever. And we had this blue uh, bandana. I, you had a you had a bandana for your team. And my, my team bandana, I think it was blue. And um, that thing went with me for three days. You had to have it on mm-hmm. the whole time. And it has soaked in sweat and all kinds of stuff from that weekend. But I kept that blue bandana. I think I've still got it to this day because when I look at it, I remember back how I encountered God during that weekend. Yeah you know what i mean like you don't just you don't just get rid of stuff like that it's that's an altar right Mm -hmm. um and, and and so abraham built an altar in that moment to god who'd been faithful to him but then in the next verse it says and he moved from there to the mountain east of bethel and he pitched his tent with bethel on the west and ai on the east there he built an altar to the lord and called on the name of the lord so he moved from one location to the next and every time he stopped somewhere he built an altar And it makes this point that no matter where we go on the journey, when God calls me to camp out, I'm going to consecrate the place of camping, and I am going to have a revelation and relationship with God. And you notice in verse 7 he builds an altar, but in verse 8 he builds an altar, and it says he calls on the name of the Lord. So there's progression in his relationship. He learns to sacrifice. It's like when you first start going to church, you learn how to sing and then you learn how to tithe, but then you get into the real deep relationship with God Mm -hmm. where you begin to give the sacrifice of praise and you begin to pray and seek the Lord and call on his name like we should be every day. Really, your home should be an altar where every morning you read the Bible and you pray and, and you seek him and there's an altar there and it's clear and... Bethel was the place he encountered. Interestingly enough, Abraham has Isaac, Isaac has Jacob, and Jacob later uh, encounters God at Bethel, the same place his father did. And there's a there's a there's a there's a there's a story about generational blessing in that when yeah. you call on the name of the Lord, not only doing it for your generation, but for the generations to come, they will learn to enter into the presence of God at the altar that was built generations before them. I learned after my grandmother passed away years ago that she was a praying woman and prayed for her family and grandkids for decades. And at her funeral, I heard these stories, and I never knew it. And I began to choke up and bawl on the platform at her funeral because all of a sudden I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, what I've done in your life is an answer to your grandmother's prayers that you never even knew she was praying. That's awesome. Is that not crazy? Yeah. Like You can go look at the riddled pages of my grandmother's Bible. I found out later that she like helped lead a women's movement of revival in this area. I had no idea. Wow, that's awesome. And it's like I look at her Bible, and I'm like, that's an altar. And it's like I begin to encounter God on the stage there entering into the prayers of my grandmother. It's a crazy thing, man. But anyhow, my point in all this is that he builds this altar in Canaan, and he builds this altar at Bethel more specifically, and there's this story, though, in between uh, building these altars. Very, And it's funny because when you read the Bible, you need to read it a little slowly. Like, take your time and read through it because there's so much in every passage. And you could just zip through it, check it off, and miss everything. Yeah. Because we're talking about Genesis 12, 7, and 8. Well, between Genesis 12, 7, and 8 and Genesis 13, and there's only 13 verses in that middle, um, a famine hits the land. Abraham freaks out. He gets his family and goes to Egypt so that he can survive, right? Right. Egypt's the place of bondage and slavery. He goes there so he can eat and survive. And he's scared because he's like, my wife looks good. And he tells his wife, tell them you're my sister so they won't like kill me over you. Sure enough, they think she looks good, takes him to Pharaoh's house. His his house is like completely um, plagued because he has a righteous Abraham, God's favorite Abraham's wife, up in his house. Figures out it's his wife, sends him on his way. And they're like, well, that didn't work. And the Bible says all this happened uh, just in seven verses. And in Genesis 13, this is where we'll anchor at. Genesis 13, 1. Then Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and lot with him to the south. Abram was very rich in livestock and silver and in gold, and he went on his journey from the south as far as Bethel. This is the key. To the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai. To the place, verse 4, of the altar which he had made there at first. And there... Abram called on the name of the Lord. And when I was reading this, this really puzzled me. This is before what we talked about last week. He gets discouraged after this. But it's a really interesting thing because Abram had enough faith to leave his own family and his own idols and all that stuff from a God to talk to a God that he just heard Mm -hmm. and be obedient to him, follows, goes to Canaan, starts to possess the land that God calls on him to possess. This is it. This is where you're supposed to camp out. This is your land. And then all of a sudden, some famine hits, and he gets hungry, and he gets scared, and he goes to Egypt, and he gets sidetracked.
1: Yeah.
0: It doesn't go like you think it's going to go. And then he comes back to Bethel, the place at first, where he first placed the altar. And these words at first just rocked me. And so I want to ask you this, Michael, and anybody that's listening, like, have you ever felt sidetracked since you've been following Jesus? Like, let me, let, let's start here. When you first gave your life to Christ, like, w- when, when can you... And maybe maybe it's a two-sided thing because I don't know when you were baptized or when you first followed Jesus. But first question, when did you first start following Jesus? And second question, when did you first start encountering him? Like, yeah. in you, like um, you know, God wasn't just the God of Abraham. He was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Right. So at what point did Darren Money, your dad's God, mm-hmm. become Michael's God? Yeah. And you're like, I know him
1: for myself. Man, it's uh, like growing up in church all the time. I know, I know. I I remember. I very, very vividly remember. Um, is that the right word? I don't know. Yeah, vivid. Anyways, yeah. I remember being in the kitchen with my mom. I was like six years old, uh-huh. and I told her, "I want to give my heart to Jesus." That's what. That's the first time I remember that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. I I I'm not gonna say I wasn't a Christian. Uh-huh. I wasn't saved. Yeah. I don't think I grasped it fully. Right. You know. Sure. Um, it was just, and how old were you? I was six. Six. Six or seven, I believe. Um, so, I mean, I'm not going to go into, was I saved or was I not? Because later, um, I think I was 15 or 16 when I really, it really became not just, you know, we go to church and like, and I I always liked church. I, I, I knew about God. Yeah. I knew all the Bible stories. Like, I mean, the money boys, you know, yeah that, yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um. Honestly, that was I feel like that was actually kind of a, a downfall thing. Was like those are those good money boys. Oh wow, um, yeah, good. Yeah, the exactly. enemy of God. Uh-huh. I'm good, kid. Yeah. Like, no, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but another uh, episode. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. But I, I remember. I think I was 15, 15 or sixteen mm-hmm. when I just I really. It really became something real more than just, you know, going to church camp and getting all fired up. Right. And it, it became it became a real thing to me where it was like, this is a personal relationship where, mm-hmm. like, I get to talk to him every day. Like, yeah. it's not like I pray to him to bless my food. Yeah. And I pray when I feel bad. It's like, no, I get to—there's like a—it's a two-way thing. Right. It's like any kind of relationship, we get to have fellowship. And yeah. So I'd say— that's when. That's when it really. I would say it really became from like my parents. Yeah. God. Yeah. To my God. Wow. And how old? Like what I season? Was Fifteen of or sixteen. Fifteen or sixteen. 16? Okay. Yeah. And, you know, we can we can debate all the sure. Was yeah, I yeah. say it? Was I not? I honestly, I think I was. Yeah. You know. Right. But I don't think I fully grasped it at that point. Yeah. We're, we're not. We're not even going to worry about that because because <laughs> Michael, you, can are you saved right now. Like, like yes, <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> but you know, if that's you what died we're... tonight, do you know? <laughs> but it was I was fifteen or sixteen, yeah, and it it really became real, and it became when
0: when so when you say it became real, what do you mean? Like what how, what what did it look like in your life practically? Like if before, somebody would have seen you at six, like before and then after, like yeah. that season.
1: Um. You know, it was, it was, it was go to church, you know, mm-hmm. all, I mean, Sunday, Wednesday, any other time it's open, yeah. um, you know, be a good kid, Right. don't steal, don't lie, don't cuss, like, you yeah. know, any, any things that a good kid, I, I'm doing quotation marks, cause <laughs> y'all can't see <laughs> yeah. anything a good kid would do. And, but, but there was always something underlined that there was never, it, it was like, there was something missing. There was always something missing. Yeah, it, it, I could never be good enough. Yeah, like there was always a time when, when I fell short and I had to lie to cover it up, or I had, or I would lose my temper or something. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. And, and honestly, I think I think you can you can ask people that have known me through that. Mm-hmm. I'm a very competitive person. I like playing sports. Yeah, we talked about that. <laughs> and. Before that, like I was so competitive. I mean, I'm just playing with friends and like people from church, and I'll get angry about it, right? And like to yell at somebody, yeah, and 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 honestly, through that time period, like it wasn't just all of a sudden, I just like, well, oh, it's whatever, it's, I don't care. Yeah. And obviously I still like playing sports. And when I get with the guys and stuff and oh, yeah, we're yeah, all yeah. we're all there, you know, it's competitive. We yeah. talk a little trash and but at the end of the day, you know, it's all right. We're all good. Right. But, but before that, it was there's just it fits of anger and rage. Just over <laughs> over a sport. Because like, it was an idol. It it was. Yeah. And but as I as I really begin to experienced God myself. Yeah. And it became personal. And it's like, I get to like spend time with him anytime I want. Right. I can talk to him driving him down the road. Yeah. I can talk to him when I'm laying in bed. I don't have to, yeah, you know, yeah. get, get on my knees and pray before bed. That's not when I'm talking to him. I mean, you know, you yeah, can yeah. do that. That's good to do. Consecrated
0: times, but all day. I mean,
1: and that and, and realizing that there, it that's a, this is a big one. Just mm-hmm. the very competitive and, yeah. and, Anger and stuff. That's a that's a big one for me, and that I would say is very noticeable sure. to people. Sure, like you could see that. It wasn't an automatic just change, but over the past you know five years, yeah, I can go and play with anybody, and they can be the worst, yeah, and I don't care. Right. Like I'm 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 perfectly okay with it. I'm gonna play hard, like if it if it involves them and everything, and yeah. I can I can still play hard, mm-hmm. but it it's just a game and, and, and I love to play it. And I thank God that I can play it. Right. You know? Right. Man, that's awesome. And, and
0: so when you first encountered the Lord, not only did you, your perspective shifted on all the stuff you were passionate about before, but the way you spent your time and talking to God and stuff, like, Mm -hmm. like you said, you would talk to him while you're driving on the road and things like that. I, I, you've told me before about like how you're working at Walmart distribution, for instance, you got your not iPod, sorry. I mean, I'm showing my age. You got your phone, you know, right. Spotify, and your earbuds in, you're listening to worship, and you're praying in the spirit and worshiping, and just yes. sometimes even uh, like crying as the Holy Spirit comes over mm-hmm. you at work. On the, yes. <laughs> you know, and, that, and that's your life right now. And it's like you have those moments of encounter, and you can look back and you can see and seize that moment. And And, you know, for me, when I first came to Christ, it's like I'd found everything, you know? Jesus said, whenever a man discovers a treasure in the field, he sells everything he has by the field. Yeah. And that's what it was like for me. I mean, I started turning down invites to go hang out with people and stay in my bedroom for two hours and turn on worship music and pray and just cry. And I just, I Mm -hmm. just, just seek the Lord. i was so happy, man. i was so content and satisfied. And I think that it's kind of like, it's kind of like whenever my wife and I, like, whenever we you know, first started like, other. you just, everything's butterflies, yeah. all day butterflies right. and stuff. It's just like butterfly, butterfly, but butter-. when I mean, she texts me, butterflies, text her back, butterflies. I mean, just like that. And, but, but the thing is like, we're, we got a third kid on the way. And like, um, you know, we went on a date for our anniversary at May 11th. It's interesting. Like when we spend time we had, we got to go spend some time together today, a uh, shout out to Izzy for keeping our girls and shout out to Sally for keeping the girls right now so that we can <laughs> uh, record this podcast. But, um, but like, getting together alone like the passion's still there it's still it's still there yeah it's just like you got to stir it up you know paul told timothy stir up the gift of god that's in right. you that came upon you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you So sometimes we think that maybe something's left us when the truth is it's in there you just gotta mm-hmm. stir it up but the thing is if you think back to those first times the like think passion was so simple and it changed the way you thought you're always thinking about it and like when i first started seeking the lord he was my everything. Right. And my, that little bedroom on, uh, I guess it's Independence Lane, um, it was just a small bedroom, simple carpet, and mm-hmm. I remember it, but it was an altar to the Lord. It was a place right. I encountered God. It was my Bethel. It was the place where, no matter what was going on in the living room even, because my family wasn't serving the Lord back then, it didn't matter. I, I told the story that I used to pray and worship while there were F words and all kinds of foul language and profane, obscene stuff coming out of the speakers and the surround sound system because of the movie that was blaring in the living room mm-hmm. next door. So that's going through the walls while I'm worshiping and seeking God in my room. But it's okay because when I shut my door, I was at an altar. Yeah. My room was an altar. And if you're a young teenager or you're a college student or something, like, you don't need much. You just need to shut the door. That's why Jesus said, go into your closet or your room and shut the door and pray to no one except the Father that sees you in secret, and he'll reward you openly. Like You build an altar wherever you're at. You can build an altar in your car on your commute. Uh, There was a season in my life where I had to drive 40 minutes uh, on a commute, I was at Bible school uh, to different campuses and stuff. I just turn on worship music. I yeah. get lost in the presence, man. About 15, 20 minutes in, I was just I was just encountering the Holy Spirit. I've had moments where I've almost had to pull the car over on the side of the road mm-hmm. because of the presence of God was so strong and He was speaking to me so clearly. But we also go through these seasons sometimes where we don't feel His presence. We don't mm-hmm. feel His provi- provision. And that's where we start to get scared, and that's where we start to get hungry. Yeah. And... I think that's what happened with Abraham. He's so satisfied and excited when he sets out on the journey. It's kind of like if you are seeing the Lord of the Rings. I know I'm getting geeky again. But they set out on the journey, Mr. Frodo and all of them are like, yeah, let's follow Gandalf. This would be great. About halfway through the trilogy, I mean, there's a bunch of junk that starts yeah. going on. And it's like, I don't know. Maybe we should have turned back. We should have gone. But um, but ultimately everything worked out. But you have to go back to that reason. But Abraham and them get hungry, and they go to Egypt, and they just get sidetracked. And so yeah. I guess my next question to you is, have you ever gotten sidetracked in your relationship with God? Oh, sure. Like yeah, give me some, can you give me some examples? Like when you were uh, like, "Dang, I, I am, I'm, you're not at the altar at Bethel anymore. Yeah. Now you're at the idol of Xbox. You? Right. Oh <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah. texting this girl, and you're like, you know what I'm saying? Like, or or it's back on sports or whatever. Yeah. Mean. Um,
1: I would say I would say one time that uh, I remember was, I thought I thought I was going to go play basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, in college, and, I remember. I remember that. Yeah, and uh, it wasn't that there was anything wrong with that necessarily. Mm-hmm. I mean, there needs to be Christians playing basketball on the basketball courts. Yeah, we need that. Yeah, of course. But um, I realized in in all that, I was like, "Well, is it the right thing to do?" This and force, and there was so mm-hmm. much just turmoil in my mind, right, and in my spirit, and I just realized that. That I had I become so consumed with, well, what am I supposed to do? What school am I supposed to do? Am mm-hmm. I even supposed to go to school? Right. That I had taken my focus off of the Lord, mm-hmm. and so in that there was just honestly just turmoil, and then yeah. in my in my spirit and in my mind, and it's just there's just not peace. Right. The those who keep their mind and their focus on the Lord yeah. gives us peace. You yeah, know? exactly. I, that's paraphrasing, but. That's that's a verse. Yeah. Um. Anyways, um. But when I when I just began to focus back in, mm-hmm. there there was a piece that came came to me, mm-hmm. and I was able to discern between my options. Yeah. That I had. Right. And and it became overwhelmingly clear when I was mm. like. Am I supposed to be playing basketball? Yeah. Because it's like, God could use me doing that. Sure. I, I I truly believe it. Like, if I would have chosen that. Yeah, sure. It may not have been exactly what God had planned for me. And, I mean, you can debate that all you want to. Yeah. But, like, yeah, sure. I mean, there still could have been mm-hmm. fruit right. through that. Right. But whenever I, whenever I thought about that, and I just put it up there before the Lord, and it's like, well, which one is it? It, it just became obvious to yeah. me that I was to stay because of the peace that came yeah. through that decision, right? And it's like the the basketball <laughs> thing. There was just so there was even even when I began to put my mind back on the Lord, yeah. When I tried to think about that, like doing scholarships and like uh-huh. filling out FAFSA and all that, all those things, and it just it was just it was frustrating. Yeah. It was yeah it. It's nothing, nothing seemed to want to line up. Right. And then whenever I looked at the other way, like staying here and serving here at this church right, and this ministry, it it was just like, things were just, things were just falling into place, you know, in the sense of like you asking me to, to come into the leadership meeting Mm -hmm. right at the, right, right out of the start. It's like, okay, well that's just right there. And that that was before like anybody else. Yeah. I think it was like
0: me, Tim, Bailey, and like you. Mm-hmm. there for a while yeah. man it's crazy to think how fast time flies My goodness. yeah
1: and and so just just things like that while i was still here yeah and i was trying to, i was filling it out and as i began to focus on the lord it was like things just weren't i was gonna have to get alone in this stuff and i mean some people do that i just i didn't feel yeah. peace about yeah. that either yeah. and just other things over here doing things at the church is like i mean i loved what i was doing yeah i felt joy i like i was filled with joy when i was doing it yeah and there was just peace that came from it and yeah, then yeah. i made this decision now and i just look at it and i was like and i'm just like I, I i couldn't see it another way sure there's just so much fruit that's come from it yeah and so much peace out of it too sure there's been times i was like man did i should i have or and honestly <laughs> but those those are honestly just times when yeah. when i've really taking my focus off the Lord again right. it's like and get sidetracked exactly. and then i and then i feel bummed out and it's like yeah. well like i mean maybe i should have yeah. gone and played basketball and i could have like been yeah. working on a degree and, yeah you know what, well, what i if, do what that. if this I, doesn't work out yeah. i'm working at walmart distribution like, i do
0: that every now and then to this day like i mean that's like back to last week a perspective thing it's like you know when you start looking around you it's all, you're not looking up. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, but as you began to seek the Lord again, even even your calling came into clear, mm-hmm. clarity again. Yeah. And, and, you know, sidetrack, but like, do you remember that day? I don't even know what we were doing, but like, somehow we wound up, I think we were, we were in your, it was, I don't know if it was a Yukon back then or something, but we were at Tahoe. the park at Tahoe, at the Great parking Tahoe lot of Cersei High, High School. School. Yeah. You remember this day? I do. And we were talking about prophetic words spoken over the youth ministry. We were talking about the church. We were talking about, and this is before this is before the girls came mm-hmm. the in, the infamous girls hashtag, where the hashtag girls? where's the girls there's the girls uh, this is before they came this is before campus clubs um, I mean I think I was in payment in that time that was it just me before prayer meetings this is I think it's before all of it mm-hmm. maybe there was prayer I don't know it's been, I, don't, I don't think so you were in high school right
1: I think so I think it was my senior year
0: yeah you I don't even know if you've been presented with the scholarship offer for the basketball thing anyhow I remember sitting there talking. About all the potential and the, what we were feeling. And I remember you saying, I think it's gonna be bigger and better than we could ever possibly imagine. Yeah. I remember you saying that. And you spoke that you didn't know at that time, but it's kind of like it, the first follower turns a lone nut into uh-huh. like a movement, right? So it's like, I have all this vision and passion, but like, I, and I we had people come up, but like, you were probably the first that like really latched, you know, and was like, nah, like, I see it. And it's yeah. like, now I look back and I'm just like, over the last three years, I'm just like, I can't even believe how God's blessed it. Anyhow, I'm glad you didn't get sidetracked, but I, I know. Back to the first thing, I had those encounters with the Lord, and I, I just, and this is, I mean, we're about to wrap up. This is pretty much it. This is the whole point. But Abraham, after he got sidetracked, and he got discouraged, and he left his Egypt. He just, he didn't go anywhere else. He went back to the beginning. Right. The Scripture says he went back to as far as Bethel, where his altar was at the beginning, where he called upon the Lord at first. And it says, and there Abram called on the name of the Lord. It's kind of like yeah. a monopoly. You have to pass go, collect $200. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I heard somebody say that if you're wondering, if you and this is a word, if you're looking for a word from God, go back to the place you were last time he spoke and yeah. do what he asked you to do. And there's so much, and if I could say this, if you're 16 and you're just now praying in your bedroom, you're just now seeking the Lord. If you're not a believer and you're just trying to figure this whole Jesus thing out, if you're 22, 23, you're in college and maybe you're already frustrated, maybe you were near to the Lord at one point and you feel like you don't feel his presence anymore or you're like, where's God or I don't understand. I want to say this to you. Your life, and you can get used to this, your life and your relationship with the Father is going to be a constant... The Bible says, I think it's 2 Corinthians, let us, re, let us examine ourselves to see whether we're in the faith.
1: Yeah.
0: Your life is going to be a constant fighting to get back to the beginning. hmm You're going to grow in maturity. You're going to know more things. We're not supposed to be babes forever sucking on spiritual milk bottles. We're supposed to eat mm-hmm. the meat. Hebrews tells us that. You know, we should know stuff, know the ways of the Lord. But the Bible also says that whoever wants to be greatest in the kingdom of heaven, let him become like a little child. Yeah. And... I watched my little girls like the way that – today I was uh, – before I was getting ready to leave, um, I'd given Ella a little bit of Cap'n Crunch cereal in her little small bowl. And, you know, she's 18 months old, 19, I don't know. She finishes her little bowl, walks up to me, and taps me on the hip. And I turn. She's got a mouthful of Cap'n Crunch. She holds her bowl up to me. And I'm like, this little joker wants more. So I <laughs> open up the Cap'n Crunch, and I just put some more in her bowl. She smiles, turns, walks off. Starts eating it again. And I'm like, this little 18-month-old girl has figured out if I want something to eat, I'll just walk up to my daddy, tap him on the hip. He knows. He'll fill my bowl up, and I'll go off, and I'll eat. That's so simple, and yet you will spend—if you're not careful, you will spend 40 years in Egypt hungry and miserable. And whenever the Lord gets your attention, like if you get saved at a church camp at 14 years old— if you're not careful, you could be 23 in college and go, I need to go back to the beginning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, yeah. Like, you go through a bad breakup or five or six, and you're like, I think I'll go back to church. Yeah. Like, I think I'll go back to the prayer closet. I think I'm going to get a Bible reading plan and read my Bible again. It's nothing novel. It's nothing new. It's nothing big or special. <laughs> you don't get a seminary degree on the end of it. You just go back to the first yeah. and call upon the name of the Lord. And I really do believe, that's why the Bible said in Revelation, yep. do the first works you did. Yeah. You want to encounter God the way you first did? Do the first works. What did I do back then? I put an iPod in my earbuds, I turned on Hillsong United, iHeart Revolution set. I did, and I was so simple about it, bro. like I would this is how I would do my devotions. I figured in church we praise first, then mm-hmm. we worship, then we hear the word, yeah. and then we have ministry time. So I'll pattern my devotion after that. I'd listen to high praise songs, two, or three songs, then I'd listen to worship two or three songs, then I'd read my Bible, and then I'd pray. And I, no one told me to do that. Right. I was just modeling what I saw in church, yeah. and God blessed it, and he breathed on it, and he met me there. And now we get all this stuff, like i got to get a concordance out and do Greek word studies and <laughs> listen to four or five sermons. Nah, bro, get the Bible out. Get the yeah. bread. Get the butter. Get the oil. Just get it. Get alone and just pray and call on the name of the Lord like you did at first. Yep. I feel like that's the word. It's good. It's a word. That's a word. What should we title this? First things first. There you go. Yeah. Got to come up with some sort of catchy title. Anyhow. Love you guys. Get back to the beginning. Build the altar just as you did at the beginning. Embrace the first things, the first place, the first love, the first fire, the first passion. Consider that the mature thing of the faith is doing the first thing. And keep on at it. I promise you. Egypt. Whatever that Egypt is. Whether it's your girl. Whether it's Xbox, Fortnite, i got to say Tiger King. It's about played already. Watching too many memes on Instagram, whatever it is. If it's basketball, ripping your shirt because you got frustrated because you lost the game. (laughs) If you know, you know. Uh, (laughs) Whatever it is, don't look over there. Stay where you're at. That's where the blessing is. And if you try to go sideways, you're just going to come back to the beginning ultimately anyways. God bless you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next week on the RSTV podcast.